Hey guys, welcome to the Doula Diaries. I'm Heidi. I'm the host of the Birth Story Podcast, which drops birth story episodes and expert interviews every Thursday. I'm also the author of the Birth Story Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal. It is everything, 529 pages of everything that you need to know to prepare for your birth. You can get that at birthstory.com. And I am also the content creator for Birth Story Academy, where you go for online learning from a virtual doula. You can also get into my private Facebook community through Birth Story Academy. And here on Tuesdays is where we meet for doula diaries. So welcome. Hey guys, happy Tuesday. Welcome to Doula Diaries. Five things I wish I had done before my first birth. All right, so this episode is all about when I look back at my first child's birth, Max, and it was like a total disaster of a train wreck, and I was a birth doula. In fact, I couldn't even record his birth story for a year and a half after I started the podcast. He was like five years old before I could even talk about it. And so I thought this would be a really good episode to share with each of you guys what totally wrecked my first birth and what I could have done to have been better prepared and really honestly how I teach all of my dual clients to have an experience that I didn't have. So before we get started, I was going to tell you a little bit about my week. Um, Today, I launched, which is February 1st, I launched Birth Story Academy, and I cannot believe it. This has been a dream for four years. I started thinking about making an online course. Now, as a busy mom of two with like five full-time jobs, everybody understands how we have dreams that just never come to fruition. So it was really hard to like put pen to paper and make this happen. In fact, I prioritized the birth story pregnancy guidebook and journal. So I'm very proud of both products. They're out in the world. But today was the launch and the release of Birth Story Academy. So you want to know what happened last night, you guys? I'm like sending everyone their login codes for the 100 plus people that pre-ordered and I'm like on my Squarespace account and I'm editing something and it's like 1030 at night. And you guys, I deleted the course, like deleted it as a product, like while people were like rushing to get their orders in. It was not a good night. I had to rebuild the product. It was a lot of stress, too much stress. So this morning I got on my Peloton and I did a ride and I cried the whole entire time. I didn't realize that I needed like this release from launching this course. So today we're going to talk about the five things I wish I had done before my first birth. And I want each and every one of you to know that I put all of these five tips and so much more into Birth Story Academy. So If you haven't heard about Birth Story Academy, it is my online course. And as a 17-year veteran doula, I wrote all the things. So what you're going to get in there 
is how I have a 7% cesarean rate for my doula clients and the tools and tips and tricks that I deploy to have a 7% cesarean rate year after year after year. In the course, I'm going to teach you how do you know if you're in labor? Like seriously, you guys, the difference between prodromal labor, Braxton Hicks, early labor. Then I go through the signposts of labor. So that's like your emotions, your sensations, your contractions, your needs, your reminders, your behaviors, all of the things. It's broken down easily. There's even charts and guides of the whole labor process. So you really understand it. And you and your partner will understand when you're in prodromal labor versus when you're in active labor. Then there's a whole partner tip thing. It's awesome. So some of the partners, they want to stay all the way up north. They don't want to see anything. And then some are like, ooh, yeah, let me see that cervix and catch that baby. Some are super afraid of blood. Some have anxiety. Some do not. So there's all of the things to really involve your partner if you have one, including a full partner guide and partner tips and partner questions. Then I teach you how to write your birth plans that advocate for you. So spontaneous, induced, belly birth. Then we go through all the hospital policies and procedures. So I think that like when I look at today's episode on what I could have done differently before my first birth, it would have been really digging into the hospital policies and procedures and like what I wanted for my body. That was one of the things that derailed me. So I'm going to teach you about it in this course. And then there is like, there's so many deliverables, you guys. You get a signed copy of the book if you're in the continental United States you get the full birth story bundle. So that's like the workbook, the affirmations. My friend Michelle Smith recorded four different audio tracks of birth affirmations for inside the course. It's awesome. You get all the birth plan templates. You get the birth preferences planning tool, which is like 26 pages of helping you plan for your birth that you share with all the people that you love in your life that are going to be partners. There are note-taking templates. And then there's a bunch of Let's call it secret bonus content. But my favorite guide is my labor positions guide. So that was probably what I was the most proud of. So if you are not already in the Birth Story Academy, I hope you'll join. It's $198. And again, it comes with a book if you're in the United States and all of those freebies, like so much value. And then you get me live every week in our private Facebook community pretty much every day. So to the hundred plus of you that have already joined before it even launched. That is freaking amazing. Thank you. And for everybody else, I hope you will jump on in. So, all right, you guys ready to talk about the five things I wish I had done before my first birth? Number one, hired a doula. Okay, let's break this down. I was a doula and had been a doula for 10 years. And so somewhere in my brain, I felt like I could doula myself or like I could save our family money by not paying for a doula because I was going to be able to take my partner to husband coach childbirth, which is a ridiculous term. It should just be partner coached, but a Bradley method. And that like everything would be great. Then my sister and my mom who had all natural births, I thought I was just going to surround myself with them and that they were going to take care of me. Well, if you guys want to listen to my birth story, it is episode 42 on the birth story podcast. But 
in that story, you'll hear about how it was it was really difficult. It was a traumatic birth. It was the opposite of what I teach on this platform and what I teach as a doula. And the number one mistake was not hiring a professional doula and trusting the people around me that were not experts in their field of being a doula at all to help me. So they were not able to show up for me in the way I needed someone to show up for me. And so that is my number one biggest regret. When I got pregnant a second time with Jagger Kai, which is episode one on the Birth Story podcast, the very first thing we did was hire a professional doula and it was a game changer. Like Jagger's birth was a dream come true. It was everything that I had wanted for, hoped, and dreamed about in a birth. And it is because of my doula, Jessica Stokes. Okay, the second thing, I wish I would have found a community. My partner and I had moved about 30 minutes outside of Charlotte in the suburbs. Giant mistake. We lasted like a year. And I was 36. So most of my friends had 10-year-olds. I just did not have a community to support me that had young children, babies. And so I wish I had found a community. A pillar of my doula business is community. So every single one of my doula clients go into a macro community with all of my doula clients that are currently pregnant and then a micro community with all of my doula clients that are pregnant and due in their same birth month. So I was able to turn around this crappy thing that happened in my own life. And then I made that a pillar of my own doula business. So find a community or better yet, hire a doula that has a built-in community for you. The third thing that just wrecked my birth with Max that I wish I could do over, do over, was take more than one class. Like what is wrong with me? I took a Bradley class. I signed up for like the partner coach childbirth again, thinking I was going to like somehow entrust my husband to be my best friend, my partner, my confidant, my like everything. And then also be my doula. Like that was a lot of pressure. It was a lot. And it failed miserably. Like their anxiety like went through the roof and like whatever they learned in Bradley Like they were not able to show up for me in any way, shape or form. So I wish I would have taken more courses. Like I wish I would have done more like on breath work or I read the book Birthing from Within, but like I wish I would have taken their course. So I definitely believe in taking multiple disciplines of childbirth education so that you have like different perspectives because a lot of courses are like swayed really to one side of something. So like Bradley was like, really like you are leaning on your birth partner. Well, like what if your birth partner is sick? What if your birth partner doesn't want to play that role? Like what if your birth partner sucks at being a birth partner? So, you know, I just put all my eggs in one basket and for me like that just didn't turn out in my favor. So what happened was in my birth, I was all alone. That's the best way to describe it. I just felt alone. I felt like the people around me didn't know how to help me, but then I didn't know how to communicate my needs either. I needed 
a doula. I needed someone with like that intuition to like step up and help me out. The fourth thing, I wish I would have listened to more birth stories. Okay, well, let's talk about what was going on. He's about to turn eight. So nine years ago, there weren't a lot of podcasts, peeps. Pretty sure there wasn't a single one on birth. So, you know, I just, again, I built this platform for you so that you could hear more positive birth stories and get birth education. So even though I was a doula and I had seen so much, it was just really hard for me to like step out of a doula role and step into a pregnant person role. And those just weren't transferable skills. Like I was not able to apply my experience as a doula to my journey as a pregnant and birthing person. So I really wish that I had had the opportunity to read and listen to more birth stories that were positive and empowering and educating. All right. So number five, this one's really hard for me, but I wish I had believed in myself. I wish I had committed to an unmedicated childbirth. I wish I had prepared for an unmedicated childbirth. Like I was a long distance runner. I was an international soccer player. Like I'm an athlete. I know exactly what it is like to dig deep and to work hard and to not just survive something, but to arrive for it, to show up fully for it, to show up fully present for it, to be excited for it. And I did not show up for myself in that way for my birth or my pregnancy. I let everything get the best of me. I gained 70 pounds. I completely stopped working out. I was 37 years old. And I'll be honest, I was terrified of a miscarriage. I thought if I went for a run, I was going to be not pregnant at the end of that run. Like I was scared of everything. I did develop sort of a, I don't know if it's rare or not, or if it's super common, but I developed a lot of PVCs, which are premature ventricle contractions in my heart. So I was constantly having an arrhythmia, which was constantly making me have anxiety, which was constantly making me Dairy Queen. I'll be honest. So I just did not take care of myself. And when I stopped taking care of myself, I stopped believing in myself like that athlete inside of me that absolutely could have had an unmedicated childbirth. Like, I think she just kind of died in Max's pregnancy. And so I wasn't committed to an unmedicated birth. Like I said it out loud, like I'm having an unmedicated birth and I like had a birth plan, but I like didn't really train for it. I didn't prepare for it in the way that I needed to. And I don't mean like, you know, I read the books and I was a doula. And so like I had the education, I mean, prepare, like prepare to surrender, prepare to let go, prepare to be bigger than my fears, prepare to coach yourself mentally to just keep going. Like I said, what happened in Max's birth is I survived it. I didn't show up with the attitude like I had arrived. Like, here I am. Let's go. Let's get to it. Let the haters hate. Like, the, let the naysayers say. And I'm going to show you that I am powerful. I am strong. I am capable. And I can do this. I didn't show up for myself that way. And so that looked like 
going to the hospital when I was not even really in labor and getting an epidural by the time I was two centimeters dilated. It is a miracle that I had a vaginal birth. My baby was 10 pounds, six ounces, and I was laying flat on my back with an epidural with a team of people around me who had no idea what the fuck they were doing. The only person in that room that was helpful was my midwife, Sage. She was amazing. And she's why I had a vaginal birth, in all honesty. So if I had to do it all over again, which I did, I had all of those things in play for Jagger's birth just a 15 months later. So the five things I wish I had done before my first birth that I made sure I did in my second was hire a doula, found a community, took more than one class, listened to positive birth stories, and believed in myself. Jagger's birth was a dream come true because I trained for it, I prepared for it, I did all of the things, and I had it awesome, completely unmedicated uh, time of my life. You know, it was hard. It was sensational. It was powerful. And at the end of it, I just cried tears of joy because I was so proud of myself that I did it. I did it. I showed up for myself and I had an unmedicated childbirth, which was a dream and a goal of mine. So bonus, this one comes from Colin, you guys, my dual partner. I wish I would have told everyone that my due date was 10 days later than it was. It's a freaking guess. The average gestation is 41 weeks in one day. I went to 43 weeks. Wah, wah, wah. Those three weeks, 21 days after your due date were miserable with everyone calling and texting and calling and texting. And how are you? And are you still pregnant? Oh, my God. Is it safe to still be pregnant? And all of the peanut gallery chirping, chirping, chirping. And it was miserable. So that's a little bonus. If there was six things that I wish I had done is lie to everyone and just tell them that your due date is 10 days later than it actually is. They don't need to know the truth. If you're due on September 1st, now you're due on September 11th. Got it? Well, the last little story I wanted to share with you on Doula Diaries today was about my Gatorade Zero. And I don't know, I just this little snippet I wanted to share. I was getting ready to get on the Peloton this morning and I was making my electrolyte drink and I'm opening my Gatorade Zero packet and it's orange. And I was like, how ironic. When I was pregnant, I advocated so hard to not drink that orange dye glucose drink. And I advocate for all of my clients to not. And then here I am eight years later and I'm just like pouring you know, colored M&Ms and Gatorade Zero orange dye packets into my body, right? And it begged the question for me today, why was it so easy for me to take care of myself when a baby was inside of me, when another human was inside of me? And then like the second, I mean, not really, you heard me say I had Dairy Queen and gained 70 pounds, but I mean, I didn't eat gluten. I was really like, I was eating more organic and I was just eating too many calories basically but it was kind of good things I was putting in my body just too much of it but back on track how come like why why eight years later am I putting orange dye 
and M&Ms in my body. So that's the question that I'm asking myself today is why is it so hard to take care of ourselves? And maybe you are listening to this podcast and you're pregnant and maybe you're trying to get pregnant. Maybe you're postpartum. I don't know. But another thing that I wish I had done after my first birth was make myself a priority. I wish I had said no to more things, yes to more bottles, yes to more sleep, yes to flexibility in a schedule so that I could have taken care of myself. Because here I am eight years later and I'm pretty overweight I've got a little bit going on with some anxiety and depression. Maybe I have a lot going on with that. And here I am eating crap food and drinking the orange dye drink while I preached to all of you guys not to do it. So anyway, all that to be said, parenthood is hard and it's time consuming and eight years evaporate. So my advice for you is to do all the things I said on this list And never forget that you are worthy of being the number one person in your life. It is okay to prioritize yourself over your baby. It is okay to prioritize yourself over your partner and your family. So maybe someone needed to hear that today. I hope you guys have a great week and stick around on Thursday for another birth story. Hey guys, I recently went disc golfing with my youngest son, Jagger, who as I record this is six years old. So that means four years ago, he was diagnosed with cerebral palsy from a birth injury. And I wanted to come to you with my story because I can't go backwards. So if you haven't listened to episode 88, where I talked to CEO Catherine Cross from Anja Health about cord blood and tissue banking. You see, Her brother had cerebral palsy too, and we really bonded about how her brother and my child, their lives could be completely different if they had access to stem cells from cord blood and tissue banking. When I was pregnant with Jagger, it was a simple question in a brochure like, hey, do you want to do public or private cord blood banking? And no one explained it to me. As I watched Jagger play disc golf, and switch from his right hand to his left hand and watched him kind of limp through the course, I thought I would have paid any amount of money to have had the opportunity to have my child have a stem cell transplant from cord blood that I had saved from his birth. $35 a month and I may not be watching my kid have to switch arms on the disc golf course. So I hope you will go to angiahealth.com and consider cord blood and tissue banking because we just don't know. This policy that you have to decide on in advance and we can't work backwards. If there's a birth injury, if your child has leukemia or any of the other 85 diseases that are FDA approved, that stem cells from cord blood and tissue banking can help dramatically save or change your child's life.